podcast. We never prep. We do, but by watching games. We, we, we don't prep. We don't prep. We don't prep. So, I prepped. <laughs> Two things. This is episode 60. I couldn't remember. It's been a month, so I didn't remember what number it was. Oh, yeah. So, so we I had looked the, it up. We had the trade deadline. We had the trade deadline, which cost us a ride home, road, and we had a couple other trip. ones. And a long road trip. On both of us, I yes, think, yes. as well. Yes. So here's the thing, Sean. The last car cast was, had to do with a big hit against the Arizona Coyotes. Brett Ritchie gets thrown out of the game for his hit on Alex Goligoski. Mm-hmm. Comes full circle tonight. When Roddick Foxa gets checked by Mika Zibanejad of the Rangers, and he gets a five in a game, both of those hits, I have questions about a five in a game. Not because I think it's not deserved, but that because the rule requires an automatic game misconduct, when I think a five-minute major for both would have been fine, but I understand where the referees are on both, and I don't think either one had malicious intent. I actually didn't think the Zibanejad one... Actually, I saw the hit, and I didn't think it was going to be a five-minute major. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't sure if they were going to call anything, but I believed it was a check to that. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those where I think, I, I think you could have gotten away with that. If, if if Foxa doesn't go down, it's not a penalty at all. Well, the refs don't call anything if if he's not hurt. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Foxa was already being checked into the boards. He was in a compromised position. Because of the hit, his body was leaned forward. Obviously, his head was down. I hear he's the second. Zibanejad's the second guy to hit him, and so that that put him in a dangerous play. It's the same example of a guy getting hit two feet away from the boards and falling face first into the glass versus being up against no, the boards. No, no, and I hear the case. Right? It's, it's an injury not, because I'm, of the circumstances. I'm not arguing against right. it, it being. I had no problem with it being a five minute major, but I'm, it's one of those things where I also think. Considering how things are called and, and, yeah, and the sure, nature of sure. things, I think the Stars were a bit fortunate to get a five-minute penalty out of that. I felt the same way about the Richie hit on Goligoski back in early February. It was one of those where he was trying to forecheck, and he put his stick in, a, in maybe the wrong position. Goligoski trips, and because of the momentum, Richie's trying to finish his hit, and he drives him into the boards. There's an injury. Fortunately for both players, it appears that it's not going to be long-term effects. Goligoski came back and played the next game. We hope that Foxa will as well. It's what it yeah. sounds like for Montgomery. So there's the, the tie-ins. Yes. Stars win at home in both games. Uh, but it's been a month. So here we are doing another car cast. We don't have a ton of goals to tell you about tonight. Which no, means we have a lot of other stuff. Recap will be a little bit quicker. But before we get to anything, Sean, nobody anticipated when we were at arriving at Morning Skate today that the major storyline was going to be Alexander Radulov not playing in tonight's hockey game. No, uh, it was one of those, it kind of evolved where none of us really thought it was happening, because remember, we were sitting there watching Morning Skate, and the Stars are going through power play drills. Now, Radulov was on the line with Hintz and Sagan during line rushes. and then like he was in the lineup. Looked like he was in the lineup. And then the Stars are doing the power play, and we start to like, hmm, that's something that's interesting. Now, I don't think any of us thought as far as he's not playing tonight, but like, okay, maybe this is a bench. Maybe, maybe they're uh, benching him on the power play. Benching him right? on the power play, what, Whatever. And then we find out that Radulov's, we see Radulov's getting bag skated, and then Montgomery says, well, he's uh, he was late. That's all I'm going to say about it. He's not playing. Quick side note, there is a foul stench near the West Coast University building on I-35. Mm-hmm. It's foul. It's it unpleasant. It is quite foul. It is, it is not a, a pleasant aroma. It is displeasing. I am tasting it, not just smelling it, and I wanted to bring that up because we it's have, a, We have a... 
Jolly Ranchers next. I think that's just going to sour my... Yeah, it, it's, it's also the, my least favorite flavor of Jolly Rancher. Yeah. It's blue raspberry. Yep. It's the banana popsicle flavor of the assorted fruit flavors of popsicles. Your worst, fla- uh, worst flavor of popsicle. Of the normal ones, not the weird... Like two tone, three colors, chewy inside. Worst, worst flavor of popsicle. Least favorite, not worst. I mean, oh. like I would still eat the banana popsicle if I wanted a popsicle, but it's not. It would be my last choice. I think banana might be up there, actually. It's probably. I have a hard time thinking of one that would beat banana right now as my least favorite. I would go blue raspberry popsicle over banana any day, and it's probably my second least favorite popsicle. That's it. Moving on from the foul stench and the unpleasant Jolly Ranchers, but thank you for the offer of candy. Um, And let's let's finish this. The Jolly Ranchers. We we picked through the good flavors on the ride down. Yeah, we had all the good ones first. Yeah. I think you're gonna have to replenish for Thursday. Yes, we have to grab another handful. My dentist doesn't need that, but. I kind of like it. We'll grab another handful, and unfortunately, there'll probably be more blue raspberries, since my wife clearly picks out the blue raspberries if she doesn't have to eat them. I think we need to investigate this to find out if indeed your theory is true. Yes. That the the remaining candy that you're grabbing just a big handful of is actually carefully filtered out by Christina. I do. We need to look. I need to look into this. Yeah. The other thing is it's probably better that we don't have ones we like (laughs) right now, because otherwise we'd be having a... Uh, you know, hard candy in the cheek and everything would sound a little funnier than normal. Yes. All right. We are already derailed. It started with a terrible smell, which has not entirely dissipated. Radulov. Radulov. <laughs> There's a bit of a smell on that. Yes. Nice segue. Yes. Um, my concern, Sean, about this is that it's not something to be concerned with. The fans have asked us about this on our postgame show and throughout the day on Twitter. The only thing that would be concerning to me is if this becomes a recurring problem. If this is a once and they don't have to worry about it again, fine, right? We've, we've seen a chronicle history of players over the Jim Nail era. Eric Cole, Tyler Sagan, Cody Eakin, John Klingberg all had this happen. And they've all said, you know what? Mistake, not going to happen again. Move on. And it hasn't happened again. Yeah. So the question is... Is this an outlier, or is this a persistent issue that's going forward? I hope it's not, because then it's not. Then you just move on. Yeah, and I, I'm sure there's someone asked about it on the car cast question, if the lightning round questions, or if they haven't. If they have, we've already answered it. But basically, the other thing, too, about it is, what else can a coach do in this situation? I know a lot of people, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, how could Montgomery do this? How could they scratch him in this game, and everything like that, and... Honestly, Radulov basically tied his coach's hands. He had to scratch him. Like, what else could... Really gave him no option. Yeah, what else, yeah. You either don't do anything, in which case, why have any rules? Yeah. Because they mean the, the threat is empty. Or you do something and you put your team at a disadvantage and, you know, everybody's upset about and, it. And the other it's thing, like parenting, Sean. If you're going to set ground rules for your kids, you have two choices. Either stick to them, no matter what the costs are as far as them getting upset at you or things that they might end up missing because you punish them, or don't bother having any rules and raise some rapscallions that have no discipline. I don't think that's a very good option. No, no. And, and the other thing is... Nor the word rapscallion. I, that was a good word choice. <laughs> um, Montgomery, actually, he said after in his postgame tonight, he doesn't really... He's not a big rules guy. He's just show up on time, be prepared, and do your job. Basically, that's... And... As much as 
I've known and I've seen coaches say things like that before. Having covered this team for 65 games, having been around practice, having traveled, having traveled to cover this team, being around to talk to a lot of players about Montgomery, that's all true. That's, he means it. He means it. It's something. It's very. It's there is no. Um, there, there, there aren't games, there aren't hidden agendas, there aren't hidden timelines as far as if a meeting started. So say the meeting that Larry Angelov was late for today, let's assume it started at, hypothetically, if it's it started, 10 o'clock. say it started at 10 o'clock. If it started at 10 o'clock, everyone had to be there at 10 o'clock. Right, Did not, not 9.50, not 9.45, not 9.30. Yes, it was 10. That's A, a lot of coaches in hockey are very old school traditionalists when they say, if you're not early, you're late. Yes. And I, to me, I hate that. Yeah, and it was. And you're so either was, on time or you're not. Period. And there's no there's no rule about what time they have to be at the rink as far as like, hey, you have to be there half an hour before the meeting or anything like that. It's just the meetings at this time. Be there for the meeting. Part of your job. And it's a really simple thing, honestly. It, it's it's um and Radulov didn't do his. That's part of his job. His part of his job was to be at that meeting. Today, and he didn't do it. And. And I think it's the type of situation where if you let him play tonight and you get a car on the side of the road there, huh? I didn't even see that one. Um, but if you let him play tonight and you basically say, okay, this player is above the rules because of who he is as a player, it opens a Pandora's box of problems that you can that you may never be able to get out yeah, of. Yeah, and not just for him, but for all the other players, right? Do yeah. you really want to have different standards for and, and, and top six players, skill guys versus bottom six guys or role player. I mean, here's the thing. Life isn't fair. Certain people get certain advantages and things in life, and that happens, an opportunity. But in in a team, if you are trying to create a team, it has to be team over individual. It has to be, right? Exactly. You don't handle all the same players the same way as far as tough love versus sensitivity. Each guy's, you know, coaches have to do a little differently based on what they think will be the best for the team and how to get the best out of the player. But there are certain things where, look, the team comes over anybody's individual stuff. And I, and I made this note in my story. I think we touched on a little bit when we were driving down tonight. One of the biggest things about this Stars leadership group, and you can make your case whether it's a good leadership group or not, and I'll let other people make that debate right now, but the one thing that the players love about this leadership group, and Jamie Ben in particular, is Jamie Ben has a standard leads by a standard where everyone is treated equally and treated the same. Yeah. It's something where Jamie will never ask someone to do something he won't do and things along those lines. And for his leadership style to work, you can't have someone who has not technically been taken out of the leadership group but has lost the letter on their jersey. You can't have them living above the rules. No. And so. it's interesting too, Sean, because I've always respected that in any of the jobs I've had. I remember my first job in broadcasting, it was with a minor league independent baseball team. And our general manager, who was in charge of a very small operation, was the first guy to throw on the old clothes and get dirty, pulling the tarp, picking up garbage in the concourse and the grandstand, fixing something. That, uh, there was no job that was beneath him. And so we were all expected to do everything. It was a small operation. That's what minor league sports is all about. And if the boss is doing it, you sure as heck couldn't say, well, I'm not doing that. That's not my job. Yeah. It never. It was a wonderful leadership style, and I always really respected that. Yeah. And I think that's a lot – that's sort of a similar correlation to the way that Jamie 
leads his team as a captain. Sort of the way the stars follow yeah. Jamie. So um, it was it was something the coaching staff had to do. They had no other choice. Yep. So there's Radulov. We move on to the game. They played 11 and seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not good. No. Every time they say, well, you know, I love it with the forwards. They get more guys. We're getting buzzed here on the left side. Ooh. Well, not as fast as your reaction. I mean. No, it was he had. The, he's going over the speed limit, but it wasn't like. It you wasn't, know, like it wasn't 30, 40 miles an hour. Yeah, it was just I didn't like how long, how late it took him to merge into the left. Ah, he got, you he got felt like he got he was way draft he got push. way too close to the rear bumper before merging. Yes, understood. You're driving, so you feel uncomfortable with that. Yeah. You got passed on the right now too, which is funny. Yeah. But anyway, um, 11 and seven, I don't care for it. The stars got found a way to win. I don't. Jamie like Alexiak got what? Ten shifts for five ten, and a half minutes. Ten shifts, five minutes, fifty-five seconds. Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. Less than six minutes. And so that's fine, yeah. whatever. The, the, I know defensive coaches don't like it because it's really difficult to get into a seven-man rotation. Yes. I've had numerous NHL coaches and AHL coaches say they would rather coach five defensemen instead of seven because everybody's playing. Yeah. Right? You have two, you have two guys, you know, basically two pairings plus one, and you rotate three, so everybody's playing two every other shift or one extra shift, and, and it's easier. So you don't like the seven. Plus, you don't really get that line fluidity. You get a little bit of everything. No, no. But it did work, but not because they created a ton of offense tonight. Yeah. But here's the thing. John Klingberg, nice shot, nice goal early on. Mm -hmm. They get the lead. They really kept, for the most part, the Rangers' offense down. Yeah, the Rangers, uh, it was, there was a breakaway, there was the breakaway chance for, uh, um, I think it was the Vintage, right? Yep, he actually split the D on the power play and hit the the goal post in the second period. Um, and there were a couple others. Yeah. There was that uh, middle of the second period, right after uh, the Stars were shorthanded. Fox had two chances, and then Lindell with Como coming out of the box. Mm-hmm. He had that great chance that uh, Gigoriev uh, made the save. I think I butchered yeah. his name again. It's Gigoriev. Anyway, so there was a great scramble. I was impressed with him, by the way. I really like yeah, the way I he moves. Yeah, I did too. I really um, like the way he moves. I like the way he... Does he not look like the heir apparent? I mean, maybe that's getting a little early, but he looked really sharp tonight. I mean, I think he. I mean, it's they're treating him like he is, and I can see why based off my. They paid Lundqvist a ton of money. Yeah. So to have a backup who's a rookie that is making almost nothing, yeah. comparatively, yes, is really what they need. Yes. But he looks good. He looks really good. Now, yeah. um, the one flurry in the second period yeah. starts up one to nothing, and there was a mad scramble in front, and I think they got four chances. And Bishop stopped the ball. Yeah. That was that was it. That and the Zabinabit-Jad breakaway in the second period. Third period, Jamie Benn had three great, all the Stars' chances in the third. They only had three. Mm-hmm. Five on three. They hit from on Foxa. They get a five-minute major. It's four on three, and then another penalty is taken by Brady Shea. Now it's five on three for 90 seconds. They had two looks. Yep. Both Jamie Benn backdoor one-timers. The first one I thought was a better save than the second, just because of how the angle went. But those are two very good saves by the Rangers goalie. Yeah, he was he was good. And it's, talk about a but overall just Stars won this game, and so you don't want to harp too much on it. But just blown opportunity of the five-minute major plus the five, 97 seconds of five on three, and you really didn't do did, much. What did you think about that power play from your perspective? I did. My thought was is that. I thought they were trying too hard to connect that backdoor tap in instead of trying to move them around a bit, which they did, and then attack, get the puck back, and just try to overwhelm. Uh, yeah, there I was, thought it was a little too passive. 
it was way too passive and it was way too looking for that fancy finish. That's what it was. Right, which is the one that Spezza scored yeah. in Chicago when they needed exactly, to Exactly, exactly, yeah. And maybe that's where they miss Radulov because he's been the setup guy a lot. Yeah. All right, so they get the goal. They go to the third period. They don't score on the power play. The Rangers have a couple of chances late in the game. Uh, one on the two-on-one. Shea is out of the box. It's five-on-four. And shorthanded, he misses the net. That was one of two times. Howden missed one in the first period where the Rangers could have scored off of Stars' mistakes. Stars were bailed out on the power play twice in the game as far as mismanaging pucks high in the slot with Klingberg. Yeah. But then at the end of the game, I thought Dallas did a really nice job. What did you think of the, the play right at the end with about a second to go where Dickinson gets drilled into Bishop and then Roman Pollock decides to basically grab everybody in the Rangers jersey? Yeah, it reminded me, I think it was, what, Dustin Bufflin a year back, your last season of the playoffs where he's got two guys and he's, like, throwing them around different Basically ragdolling yes. them. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a dirty, I mean, it was a dirty play. He was, was Bishop was not happy after no, the game. No, Bishop was not I mean, happy. For a guy that just had his fourth shutout of the season, yeah. he was hot. No, he was not happy, and he was some. He said it's something the Stars will not forget, and we don't play them again this year, but we're going to remember this for next time, and not really sure what that's going to mean. Um, I mean, players don't forget this kind of thing. Yeah, no, they, they don't, and I'm not sure. I'm just curious of what I'm curious of what it means because there's a couple ways it can play out. There's the there's the old school fisticuff way that this plays out. Right, you're going to have to answer the bell. Where Strom is going to have to fight someone off the opening draw. There's that way. And then there's also the more dangerous explosion type way where someone runs Georgie over Lundquist. That's, there, that's, one, that's the other extreme. I was thinking maybe take a number and you try to hit him as hard as you can legally. Which is the one I prefer to. Yes, but you have yes. to fight every time you let a legal hit. Now that wasn't a legal hit. There's my, a difference. Yeah, my mind obviously went to the more chaotic stretch, but. Yeah, I mean, but that is an interesting thought. Is do you right? What do they do? You plunk our guy. We're gonna hit your guy with a pitch, right? Mm-hmm. The baseball reference. We're getting close to baseball season now, yes. and which means that you're gonna deal with a lot of anxiety and stress all summer. Yes. So I apologize in advance for all the pain that you'll suffer as a Mets fan. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, I know, I know what I'm getting into. Are they gonna? Would they run the goal? I mean, to me, I, I don't. I don't like that because the goalie didn't have anything to do with it. But it is a like I'm, for like. And yes. I, and I'm not saying the stars would do that. I just, right. It's just it's. What it, does he? He was very intentionally vague. Yes. So, how about this, Sean? Stars won three in a row. Mm-hmm. They are now one point behind the St. Louis Blues. Blues have a game in hand. They play tomorrow in. Anaheim. The Ducks helped the Stars out tonight by beating the Coyotes. Coyotes had won six in a row and got very close to playoff a playoff spot. In fact, they were in for a moment. Ducks have helped the Stars out actually. Back Two in a row. They now. beat yeah, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Colorado, however, fought back. They were losing, and they won tonight in overtime, or was it a shootout? Don't know. It was in extra time. So of course, right? They actually won though, because Colorado's really struggled in. Right, well, time yeah, they the worst yeah. team in the league. I think they were what yeah. one in eleven or mm-hmm. something like that. All right, so let's get to our lightning round. Yeah. Uh, because ultimately, Sean, this wasn't the best Stars performance, but they got their twentieth win at home, and that's it's like the LA game. It may not be pretty, but we got the, they got the win, and that's what matters. Yes. Right, two points is two points. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we move on to the mentions. So where's our? We got to rewind this a little bit. Jeff writes. Oh no. That was not Jeff. Austin writes in, who sits on the Iron Throne when it's all said and done? 
Wow, going right to the Game of Thrones reference. Mm. Who sits? I mean, it's coming up here in another month, yeah. well, a month and a half, end of April. <sighs> Who sits on the Iron Throne at the end? Is it Daenerys? Does the Queen of Dragons get it? I just wanted to be just a dragon. You just the dragon and just the dragon eat, starts eating people. Just the two dragons, like. What about the dragon that's been turned evil, the ice dragon? I think it's all a ploy. What do you mean a ploy? Secret agent dragon. Oh, like a, a, a spy double agent? He's gonna turn. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna the ice, shed the, the ice. And yeah, yeah. The ice dragon at the end is going to. Uh, so he's turned. He's going. He's going to. He's going to be. Rejoin his dragon brothers. So he's and he's they're deeply going, embedded undercover. Yes. Man, that is a take I have not heard yet. That is new. Oh. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Daenerys because it seems like the obvious choice. Um, I don't think that Jon Snow is going to be on the Iron Throne at the end. Um, but you never know. Maybe Cersei gets it. I don't. Yeah, no. I don't. No. I don't. I, that would no. be the evil thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, I can see it happening because of that. Yeah. Um, what about, um, what about, uh, God, it's been so long since I watched, I need to go back and watch him to catch up on everything. Jon Snow's other sister, the younger one. Oh, uh, the one who cuts people's faces off. Yes. Uh, she's, well, I don't think she, and I don't think it's going to be, um, Bran, who's now the Raven. Right? Yeah, not really his jam. No. Leading of, leader of, of people. Yeah. I, I still go with, with uh, Khaleesi. All right. Dustin writes in, I think his reaction right after hitting Fox has showed he really had no intent to injure. It looked like he was, he's talking about Zabinijab. Yeah. Initially going for his hands to tie up the puck, but then hit him high and stuck around to see if he was okay. I agree. I don't think he did yeah, it. it I, was, I, I, there was no malicious intent. I saw no malicious intent. Again, Sean, to me... A four-minute probably would have been fine. Mm-hmm. A five-minute without a mat, uh, game misconduct, which isn't allowed anymore, True. would have been fine. They don't do that. Uh, but I would have been fine with that. Stefan Dreyer writes in, will Nachushkin score, take a penalty first, or neither? There's a deeper conversation here. Would you like to take the lead on this? Well, Val has now gone 47 straight games without a goal or a penalty, which is an NHL record. Extending his own record, yes. he set at 42 games. 42 games. And uh, it is. Would you like to clarify that a little bit more? How many players in NHL history have played 30 or more games in a single season without a goal or a penalty? Oh, only four. Only four. Val is the fourth. Yes. But he holds the record for the most games played without registering either. Yes. And uh, it's. It's. I don't really. It's. It's an interesting mark because obviously it's good you're not spending time in the box, but. Uh, yeah. Put the puck in the net. Um. I, I just honestly, math, math keeps saying he's gonna score at some point, but math also says he take a. I mean, what we've watched, Sean, I think you the I odds mean, are penalty first, but I I'm honestly thinking, I'm thinking the way either. he plays, goal first or neither. I'm going neither. I'm going neither. You wonder how could he not get a penalty at some point? Bruce has a great take on this that we were talking about in our post game show because it came up. Yeah. Uh, he goes. There's no way Val's aware of this, right? That he doesn't have a penalty? That, no, the rule, the the record of most games in a season without a goal and a I don't think there's any way he's aware that he's played the most. No, he and I talked about penalties this morning, and, and there's still, there's no way he was going to understand. Like, I think he knows that he hasn't scored a goal, and that's a heaping yes. burden on him. He also knows he doesn't have a penalty, and he's proud of that. Right. 
And I would be too. You don't want penalties. But Bruce goes, if I knew this was a record, he goes, I get to game 40. I throw my stick into the stands. I two-hand a guy. I, I curse at the ref. I do something to get the penalty so it's no longer a record, which is funny. Uh, Joe writes in, do you think Zuccarello will be back before the Canadian trip? Um, I think if, I mean, it's now based off his comments today and pretty encouraging, wasn't pretty it? Pretty encouraging. Yeah. So I think maybe, maybe you're looking at that. I don't know if you have a guy play two games in a back-to-back right away. I don't know what, what Zuccarello is like as a player. Cause I, we've only covered, I've covered Zuccarello for one game, so I don't know what he's like. <laughs> um, but as far as how much he pushes to get back and stuff like that, but he seemed pretty motivated in the media scrum. I, I look at that Calgary. There's that Calgary Edmonton back to back on the Western Canada trip, and I think maybe that's probably a good date. after the Winnipeg game. Yeah, after the Winnipeg game, it just seems like because that Tuesday will be four weeks. Um, so it's a Wednesday, Thursday. I think it goes Calgary then Edmonton. Um, it's Wednesday in Calgary, Thursday in Edmonton. Yep. And so Tuesday, the Tuesday before that will be the exact four week mark since his surgery. I'm thinking maybe that Thursday game in Edmonton might be a good bet. All right. That's uh, just I, I would say that so far so good. Let's hope yeah. for no setbacks. But it seems if if the four as he was saying today, yeah. he said the doctors were very happy with where it was at. It's only been a week. Yeah. Since the surgery, and that he was very upbeat. And, and the fact that he can start skating that he can start skating next week basically it's that's good to keep good. his legs yeah. in conditioning, yeah. even though he can't stick handle for yeah. a bit. Um, Ryan wrote in a question about basically overpassing on the power play. We already talked about that. Yeah. I just wanted to let Ryan know we read his question. Bryce is trying to stir the pot with us. Are you ready? Okay. This isn't a question, but I'd like to say that it is 100% pronounced GIF, not JIF. That's all. Have a fun argument. Smiley face. Bryce, I appreciate that because you're backing me up. Sean's not happy. We're not arguing about this. (laughs) Uh, Ardell writes in, Strom is a bum. That was an intent towards Bishop using 15 as a pawn. I think he meant 16, right? Wasn't it Dickinson? He cross-checked Dickinson. I mean, Como was the one who ended up tussling with him. Right. Retribution warranted. Is St. Louis for real? Can we overtake them? Does a healthy Zuccarello really change our offensive identity? Where does Bishop rank at his position in the NHL right oh, now? A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Um, okay. Let's go with, is St. Louis for real? Um, I think St. Louis is... They're missing two offensive weapons, David Perron, but more importantly, Braden Shen. Yes. Shen got hurt uh, at the tail end of their 11-game winning streak. Yes, he did. And they have not been as good since. He was part of their top line. He's a center, but he's been playing wing because Ryan O'Reilly's been centering the top line. And if they had Shen, they might have won a few more games from what they've done yeah. now. Yeah, they're, they're a legit they're, they're a playoff team. They're are a they, legit playoff team. Are, a, is goaltending a concern for them? Because Bennington got the, saved their season, mm-hmm. but suddenly he's been beaten a few times. Is he the same guy he was when he had the swagger of having not lost, especially at home? I mean, I think it's an interesting question. Um, I think St. Louis is at a point where they're they want to they want on a stretch. I think they're kind of averaging out a little bit now, but uh, stars can catch them. Yeah, stars can catch them. It's a, it's a long way to go, but they can. Um, I really believe that a healthy Zuccarello absolutely changes this team's offense. I agree energy. completely. Yes, you just saw what you, what they, what they did with him 
for two periods in, in Chicago, and I don't want to get overly excited after 40 minutes, but he made a huge difference. Um, where does Bishop rank his position in the NHL right now? Um, with how he's, I mean, with how he's playing right now, is it? Say that again. I'm thinking right now aloud. Um, he's probably, I mean, you can make the case he's a top five to top 10 goalie in the NHL right now. Um, top 10? That's, you're, you're giving him 10? I'm giving him, I said top five that like. I would say he's in the top five. He's, he was, uh, he came into tonight's game with 20 wins. I'm not Remember, arguing he, against no, him being no, the top. No, no. I, I, th- I, th- I honestly think that he belongs in the conversation for a Vezina. Yes. Sir. I don't know if he I deserves the Vezina, but I think he I, deserves I, to be I, in the conversation for, to be a finalist. I made that case, sir. I made that case in my story tonight, actually. Right. Good. That, that yeah, I agree. Be, he should be in the conversation for the Vezina. Um, I, I think Vas- Vasilevsky has been. That's because he plays behind the best team. I think Robin Leonard is your odds-on favorite right now. That's probably a pretty good one. Because yeah. of the overcoming of the mental obstacles he's faced, the salvaging of a career that really was petering out when Buffalo, yeah. after not having any luck, you know, losing the job in Ottawa, um, and the fact that the Toronto, or the, not to the Toronto, the New York Islanders, were not even expected to be a playoff team when they lost John Tavares. They got a new coach. Barry Trotz, Lulu Amarello has gone in there. They're in first place in the Metro. They have the best goaltending tandem by the numbers as a team mm-hmm. with Grice, who's been good, and Leonard, also great. Um, look, Vasilevsky's been great, but he's got by far the oh, best team Oh, he is by easily the best team in front to of him. To me, like, they always give the Jack Adams to the coach that seems to, to give the biggest turnaround. In some arguments, you could say John Cooper deserves it because his team has the best record, but he's probably not going to win it. Mm-hmm. That's to me the same way the Vezina. It's interesting. It's a, these awards are interesting because the two you brought up are fascinating to me with just because how they're voted on. Sure. And I, I mentioned this before. All of the other awards are voted on by the uh, Pro Hockey Registers Association. So you look at okay, well, what who judges the Calder? Who judges the Heart? They're judged by the same people. So you can kind of be critical or not of this if, if you want to be critical of my heart trophy vote you can be critical of me i um it's interesting because the vesna is voted on by the gms mm-hmm. it's an award where basically you're asking the gms who's the best goalie in the league and a lot of times it's the guy a lot of the times i've been told it's they're voting on who the guy they would go out and get based off that season if in a hypothetical world where that guy would be available so that's an interesting thing. and then the jack adams is actually voted on by the broadcasters yeah which is interesting just because it's something where it's comes into play of, okay, you're probably going to vote more so. It's more so based off the narrative, too. Of, of and that's the, why Gerard Gallant got it last year. Yes. Right? It was an unbelievable narrative, and Jared Bednar probably deserved it. I actually thought Jared Bednar was Because of the it. flip, but yeah. how could you not? Get the narrative. Yeah, no, no, Gallant, no expansion team have ever done. Yeah, yeah. Ever done no like problem that. with Gallant getting it, but just as far as if I had a vote, my vote would have actually been for Bednar because I think Which you have a vote now. Not for the jacket. No, that's true. Because yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. yes. Um, um, so because Bednar to me had a worse team coming in than Gallant did in Vegas. Yes. So in some regards. Yes. In many regards. Um, Gavin writes in which college junior or Euro players will play for Texas this season. That's a long one. Uh, go to 100DegreeHockey.com. Yep. Stephen Meserve has done a really good job tracking all of that down and getting it ready. Um, 
just uh, March 20th, uh, Delandria Day, I'm calling it. Um, <laughs> That'll be an interesting it, one. Flint's, uh, Flint's last game, I believe, is March 17th or 16th. Uh, March 20th is a Wednesday. Um, I'm planning on making the trip down to Cedar Park on March 20th. So play the day after that against the Avalanche here in Dallas. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing the old 3-3. Three and three. Ooh, the Shapiro commute. Yes. That's a that's a long-standing one before you were living up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, uh, Gallup Gus slash Dr. Dash. Where does the Stars' 1.2-second power play tonight rank among the shortest in team history? They got a power play at the end of the game there. It pads the penalty kill stats for the Rangers, which shows it skews a little bit. Over the long season, it evens out. But and technically, it the was... Stars did themselves no favors tonight on their 5-on-3 as far as power no, play. No, no, no. Uh, and technically, it counted as, it, on the record books, it'll be a two-second power play. Right. Because it was at 1958. And I'm sure there's been one at 1959 before. Yeah, I'm sure there's been a penalty there. So It's, uh, it's I, probably not. But it is it's neat to point out that it is an extremely short man advantage that hurt their stats. Uh, but again, if they took care of business on the 5-on-3 then they don't care. Yes. So there you have it. A nice charge through some lightning round questions tonight. Stars and Avalanche on Thursday night will be a bigger test. Yes. Let's face it. Like the Rangers are a hardworking young team, but they have a lot of young, low, early 20s players. uh, And so they're not a playoff team. They're still a challenge. They've now lost, what, five in a row? Yeah. I want to leave us with a funny, with a thing that kind of connects this anecdote all. perhaps so this morning i caught up with former stars coach lindy ruff oh how was lindy lindy's doing well um but the thing lindy said that made me chuckle is he asked me how things were going i said oh it's been busy he says yeah there's been a lot to write about here i've been reading <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> so lindy ruff is enjoying the uh, watching the saga of what's happening in dallas from afar i'm sure he is there you have it folks New car casts. Thank you for listening, and we will have another one, barring any logistical problems, on Thursday night when the Stars play the Avalanche at the AAC.